I'll be honest at this point, um, in, in our service, uh, I'm just hoping not to screw up what God's doing uh, in this place. You, you all sounded beautiful in, in the singing of your praises this morning, in, in, in the prayers, and just the, the time that we've been experiencing already this morning uh, has been really good. And um, yeah, so here goes nothing, and, and we'll... Last week, we uh, started in, kind of give a, a prologue on a, a series that we're going to work through here at the beginning of 2023 on uh, sharing and sharing the kingdom of God. Uh, here at Spring Creek, we talk about how we are growing, sharing, and serving connected by Jesus. And uh, we're kind of focusing in right now on, on that sharing aspect and what that means for our life together. Uh, because... Uh, I feel like over my life and, and um, you know, in kind of my understanding of what the church does, the, the growing is, a, is about discipleship and, 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 and growing in our faithfulness, growing in our understanding, um, growing in our relationship with one another. Um, I, the end of that is um, serving, and, and I think I often kind of have a, a fairly good idea on what it means to serve. That doesn't mean that I do it well. Um, and it means that there's always ways that we can be learning more about um, serving. But this sharing aspect, I, I think I often um, am not entirely sure or haven't been sure about what we mean by that word. And so last week we kind of started looking uh, at that. I want to look at what it means to share the kingdom of God in our time and our location um, often when, when we go shopping, uh, we go towards the, the Colonial Park area, and frequently, especially on Saturdays, uh, at one corner in particular, there's often a, a gentleman out with very large banners and flags. Um, with some, He's out there, it's clear he's doing it in, in the name of Jesus. Um, often those banners and flags are um, filled with a lot of condemnation. And so... Uh, I've seen the way that sometimes the kingdom of God has been proclaimed, um, and yet I'm not sure if that's really what it means to share the kingdom. And so this morning, I want to continue uh, working through this uh, idea. This morning, as we do that, would you bow your heads and pray with me? Holy Spirit, it feels like you are in our midst and that we are opening our eyes and our ears to see and hear what you are doing in this time. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go any further, <laughs> silence your devices, please. What do we mean by sharing the kingdom? I think sharing has different connotations in, uh, in the church today. And when I say the church, I'm talking about um, the big church, not just Spring Creek Church of the Brethren. For some, sharing equals evangelism, which equals sharing God's plan of personal salvation. For others, sharing equals sharing of goods or sharing of help, sharing of life together. 
within our spiritual heritage in, in the Church of the Brethren, we've really tried to hold those things together. That does not mean that we've always done that. It means it has been a goal of ours. It's been something we've uh, tried to uh, bring together. Um, Sometimes in practice, we've tended to tip one way or the other. But uh, the personal confession of sin, forgiveness, and aligning ourselves with the reign of God and our personal conversion, we believe is critical to us, that that we've all messed up, that we all have sin and and brokenness in our lives, that we need to confess that, that we need to proclaim Jesus as Lord of our lives, and that um, through our walk with Jesus, he is uh, molding and shaping and and renewing each of us personally into the image of his son. And we believe that a cup of water extended in the name of Jesus or or a phrase that we sometimes use uh, for the love of God and neighbor's good, that this is also part of what it means to extend the kingdom of God. Sometimes we've privileged one over the other. I would suggest that what we as followers of Jesus are invited to share in, when we're talking about sharing, is the mission of God. If you pull out your uh, bulletin, um, this sermon title is Missio Dei. That's a Latin phrase, just means mission of God. Um, And and there's some some questions in uh, the sermon notes this week. It's not just lines, so you can actually look back at that. And uh, there are more some questions for reflection. I'm not gonna give you all the answers here, Um, There's some things for you to take home and continue to think about, some other scripture verses for you to look through that that lend their influence into what we're speaking about today, and I'll uh, leave that for your own time of devotion to to read over those and further contemplate those questions there. But what is the mission of God? When I say the mission of God, what am I talking about? One writer puts it this way about the mission of God. Mission is more than and different from recruitment to our brand of religion. The mission of God is the alerting people to the universal reign of God through Christ. We talked a little bit last week how uh, our God is a missional God. God is uh, the sent and sending one. God sends himself in his, in his ruach, his, his breath at creation, when he speaks creation into existence. God sends his presence to the people of Israel in the tabernacle and the temple. God the Father sends God the Son. God the Father and God the Son send God the Holy Spirit. Uh, in, in, in God's pneuma, his, his breath, his spirit at Pentecost. And the three-in-one God sends God's people. And so all throughout Scripture, God is sending himself. God is a missional God. God is one who is reaching out over and over and over again. God's mission, the missio Dei, throughout Scripture, is about alerting people, everyone, everywhere, to the universal reign of God. 
God's universal reign is something that uh, is initiated, started at, at the very creation. In, cre- in the creation story, we see that God intends this deep, intimate relationship with the human ones that he creates. And he walks with them in the, in, in the spirit time of the day. And he enjoys that, that close, intimate fellowship with them. And they, the human ones choose to do their, their own thing, walk in their own way, decide for themselves what's, what's right and what's wrong. But at the, at the very beginning, God creates and says creation is good, but he also intends that the human ones are going to continue to steward this creation. He leaves it up to Adam to name the animals. He leaves it up to Adam and Eve to continue to care for and, and tend this garden. Remember, work is not something that comes after the fall. Working with God is something that is a part of the, the, the human project from the very beginning. When work gets hard and toilsome and aggravating and, and cumbersome, all of that comes after the fall. But work, working with God is a good thing. It is something there that is there at the very beginning of creation. And so God intends to work with his image bearers, work with humanity. And God never gives up on that original project of working with humanity to bring creation and order and beauty into the world. If we were to skip forward to the very end of the biblical narrative, we have John the Revelator conveying images of Eden restored, recreated, resurrected humans again, sharing deep, intimate relationship with God, working again as co-stewards of that new creation, working for further order and beauty in the new heavens and new earth. When God's full uh, manifestation of his reign is, uh, come, comes to bear, we are called to believe in the church that God is already king. In Jesus' crucifixion, the way the, the gospel writers set that up is they, they write um, as though Jesus' crucifixion is in parallel with uh, the coronation of the kings, of the emperors, of Caesar. The crucifixion of Jesus is, to, is the way that Jesus becomes king. His resurrection and ascension are seals of God's universal reign through Christ. And so Christians, you and I in the church are supposed to be people who believe a new world has already been initiated and one day will be made full. So what is the mission of God? What does sharing the kingdom look like? To be a missional people isn't evangelism versus social gospel. Being missional is announcing and demonstrating the reign of God through Christ. There are a multitude of ways uh, of alerting people to the universal reign of God through Christ. It means that through Christ's atonement, our sins have been forgiven. And this is a gift of grace, not based on our own merits. Paul writes, um, by grace, through faithfulness. 
It means that our fight is not against flesh and blood, that turning the other cheek, overcoming evil with good, and laying down the sword are actually demonstrations of the kingdom. This is what the reign of God looks like. It means that liberation from sin, debt, oppression are possible under the reign of God through Christ. It means that we are able to once again resume the original human project of being co-stewards of creation. It means the poor may find there is more than enough. It means the rich can stop storing up for themselves where moth and rust corrode. It means there's more to life. I think... um, Often, the the ancient Jewish rabbis would talk about uh, the Word of God being like a diamond, and and that uh, you looked at the different facets and saw how the the light would shine off of different faces of a diamond, and you could take that diamond and you would rotate it, and you would see something new in the Word of God. And I think that's true uh, of the kingdom of God, that sometimes we focus in on one facet, one part of that kingdom of God, but we need to realize that it is a beautiful diamond to be turned and admired and see the way that the light shines off it in a new way, that God's universal reign is far more encompassing than what sometimes we focus in on. So here I think we need to stop reducing the scope of the reign of God through Christ as one versus another. The mission of God is also about now and then. The universal reign of God, the the kingdom of God, isn't just about where we go when we die. We've often framed heaven as where we go when we die. And I'm not saying that's not true, but um, that's not all of what the reign of God is about. I think that makes too little of God's universal reign. It says that God only reigns up there in heaven when I die. But God's reign, God's kingdom is universal. It encompasses more. N.T. Wright has this to say. It says the New Testament picks up from the old the theme that God intends in the end to put the whole creation to rights. Earth and heaven were made to overlap with one another, not fitfully, mysteriously, and partially as they do at the moment. Sometimes we see little bits of heaven kind of um, connecting with, with earth now, partially, imperfectly. But he says eventually it'll happen completely, gloriously, and utterly. The earth shall be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. That is the promise which resonates throughout the Bible story from Isaiah and behind it from Genesis itself all the way through Paul's greatest visionary moments in the final chapters of the book of Revelation. The great drama will end not with saved souls being snatched up to heaven away from the wicked earth and the mortal bodies which have dragged them down into sin, but with the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven to earth so that the dwelling of God is with humans. Our scripture text um, this morning was from Romans chapter 10. 
And in Romans chapter 10, Paul is kind of expanding on salvation that is open to all. Um, Romans is one of those books that Paul writes to address this conflict that's happening between uh, Jews and Gentiles. And he wants them to understand that salvation is open to all. It's no longer just about the Jews, but it's open to the, um, in our text it said, the Greeks. Not through earning salvation, not by doing a, a list of good works and earning their salvation, but by calling on the name of the Lord. And Paul works his way through this this, um, process there. He says, but how can they call if they don't believe? How do they believe if they haven't heard? How do they hear unless someone proclaims it or uh, announcing the universal reign of God through Christ? But the very end of that is, how will someone proclaim unless they are sent? Sent to announce and proclaim the reign of God. Sent to demonstrate what the reign of God looks like. In some upcoming Sundays, we'll look more at how you and I are sent, and we'll also look at the the role that both proclamation, using words to explain the kingdom of God, and also demonstrating, living out what what the the reign of God looks like. We'll, We'll talk a little bit more about that. But here, Paul's pointing out that if others are to be alerted to the universal reign of God in Christ, that people need to hear that Jesus is Lord. And in order for that to happen, people need to be sent. And here we're not talking about a select few of people, a a, a select few people that we uh, choose and we send over there. But actually, the sent ones are all of us. And I know sometimes we think, well, I don't, you know, I'm still dealing with my stuff. I, I haven't come to the point where I feel like I should be sent out. Ditto. Like, God doesn't say, well, once you've reached this level, I'm going to send you out. Uh, our family has been watching uh, The Chosen. If you haven't watched The Chosen, I highly encourage you, download. It's an app on your phone, but it's, it's uh, episodes. Um, they're creative uh, episodes of what Jesus' life might have been like. It's, it's, it's just different. You have to go and watch it to have a, a better understanding. It's called The Chosen. But we're watching through this, and um, in, a, in a recent episode, Jesus is preparing his, his 12 apostles to be sent out uh, to announce the kingdom, to do the things that he's doing. They're, they're sent out to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven has come near and to heal the sick and, and heal the, the broken, and they're to go out and do the things that Jesus has been doing. And they're sitting around the table and, and a number of them start going, well, you know, like, I feel completely unprepared. Uh, you know, I'm not a preacher. You know, this person, they, they've been a disciple of John the Baptist. Maybe, you know, they're a better speaker. I'm not prepared for that. I, I'm a fisherman. I'm a tax collector. Um, in, in their dramatization, they pair up um, Matthew the tax collector with Simon the zealot. If you know anything about tax collectors and zealots in the ancient Jewish world, they're not friends. They don't get along. And yet Jesus in in this intentionally pairs them out to send them out to say something very new and different about the kingdom of God. But in this episode, they're all explaining why they're not qualified to do it. 
They need more training. They need more education. And Jesus looks around at them. And he says, if I wanted people who were trained and equipped, and he looks at him and he goes, well, with the implication, I wouldn't have picked you. It's not people that, kn- that know it all and have it all together that God chooses to work in and through. Paul himself talks about the, how the, the Spirit shines through in his weakness. When Paul himself is not adequate, is not uh, strong enough, he says that's where the, the Spirit, where, where God shines through. And people know that it's God because he doesn't have the ability. In the liturgical calendar of the church, we have entered into the season of Epiphany. It's when we celebrate the unveiling or the the manifestation of God in Christ revealed to the Magi. I think the church is meant to be a sort of continual epiphany to the world, a manifestation of what the reign of God looks like. That's what the church is, is, is meant to be. We get it wrong all the time. But we are supposed to be demonstrating and announcing what the reign of God looks like. We are called to feed the hungry because under the reign of God, we are invited to a feast in God's kingdom. We help prepare homes now because we believe that Christ is preparing dwelling places for us and we will dwell with God and we want people to catch a glimpse of dwelling with God now. We announce the forgiveness of sins because Jesus has taken sin into himself on the cross and paid the debt that you and I as sinners owe. We help to steward creation now because that will continue to be part of our job, part of our work in the new heavens and new earth. We come alongside those caught in cycles of slavery to addiction because in the reign of God, we have been set free. And we worship and we announce the reign of God because if we don't, the rocks themselves will cry out and sing the praises of God. Before uh, Christmas, uh, the week before, just a couple days before Christmas, um, Katie and I took the boys to Groves uh, to get some chocolate. We needed more sweets in the house, I guess. It was uh, the first time that the the boys had been in the shop. It was actually the first time that I had been in the shop side of of the house. And and if you haven't been to Groves, go, go down Say hi to Millie. Um, But you go in there and you're just surrounded by all kinds of different possibilities of chocolate and sugar. You try and take it in and and you didn't know that chocolate could be combined with with things. We we picked up um, bacon brittle. We picked up uh, coffee bean brittle. Um, There were chocolate covered pickles. I saved them all for you. Um, (laughs) 
all kinds of different possibilities of what you could do with chocolate and sugar. And uh, Garrett is our, our, our real sweet tooth. We all enjoy it, but you know, Garrett's been kind of ornery for sugar um, from a very young age. And Garrett was in heaven. And that's what it's about. Catching little glimpses. Catching little tastes. Imagining new possibilities. That's what you and I are called to invite people to see. Announce that there are new possibilities, that there, is, there are new ways of living that are in line with, with, with God and His reign, that, that are um, the wholeness, the peace that God longs for each of us to, to experience. We start dreaming of what is possible, catching those glimpses of the fullness of the reign of God in Christ. And so if the mission of God is about alerting everyone everywhere to the universal reign of God through Christ, or Jesus, he goes into his hometown of Nazareth and he announces, he reads from the scroll of Isaiah That he is there to proclaim freedom for the captive, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He proclaims that slaves are freed, sick are healed, good news is given to the poor. It means forgiveness of sins. It means working with God for rightness, or sometimes we use the word justice in our world. It is about the universal reign of God, the kingdom of God, and how it is expansive and comprehensive. This is the mission of God that you and I are invited to participate in. And it's not, um, well, I have to go do this thing. It's a we are invited and we get to participate in God's reign. We get to uh, let people in on a new world that is beginning to take, uh, have its impact here and now. Not because we have to, not out of a drudgery. Oh, I have to do this thing. But if Jesus is Lord and Jesus is the king of the universe, you and I are invited to participate in that. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you have been moved by the reign of God in your own life, if you have seen the changes that it's made in your own world, you've experienced that freedom from sin, freedom from brokenness, you've seen little ways that God is is bringing beauty and healing into your own life, you get to invite others to experience the same. through our proclamation, through our demonstration. If you've seen those changes, then you are sent. God, I thank you that you send yourself. 
And I thank you, I don't understand it, but I thank you that you send us. Uh, God, sometimes I think that's um, a flawed plan, that you would send someone like me. Yet you choose to work in and through us in spite of, because of our brokenness so that you might shine through more. God, I thank you for your universal reign in our world, in the universe, and your reign in each of our lives. Help us to see the ways that you are moving around us, that we might participate in announcing how your reign is coming to bear on the here and now, how the, the ways that your reign is having its impact on each of our lives, the, the way that your reign is having an impact on the world around us. God, I thank you for who you are and for, for what you are doing in each of our hearts in each of our lives, and in the world around us. Help us learn how to participate in the mission of God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to turn in the blue hymnal to number 323 and stand as we sing Beyond a Dying Sun.'